listening to Rewilding Work. I'm Paul Miller. I had a job once, many years ago, admittedly, but I left in an idealistic search for freedom. How could I work enjoyably, earn a living, but be free of all the drudgery, at least that's how I saw it, of work? Since then, in an ironic karmic twist, I seem to have spent my entire working life involved with large organisations, trying to understand how they work and to help them through technology make work a more rewarding and empowering experience. Now we find ourselves in this post-pandemic time and work itself needs to evolve to be reimagined. What does that mean in practice? Who's getting this right? And what can we each learn that we can then apply in our own workplaces? Rewilding work captures stories and examples of how senior leaders and change makers are transforming the world of work across their organisations. We're going to be talking to directors of HR, specialists in future of work, leaders of strategy in organisations like Adobe, Coca-Cola, Estee Lauder and Microsoft. And in this first episode, I talked to Gianpaolo Barozzi, Senior Director of HR and Talent at Cisco, the technology and software company. And do subscribe and like right here so you get alerted about each new episode. Now let's hear from Gianpaolo. Gianpaolo, great to have you here. Um, so let's let's get into it. Cisco is going deeply into the subject of purpose. And I know that your chief people officer became your chief people purpose officer going beyond HR. What was the thinking behind that? in my mind, quite radical move. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, it, yes, it was. Yes, it was. And let me quote our CEO because I, I love this quote. He said, it's clear to me that our notions of corporate social responsibility, advocacy, or even the most recent notion of stakeholder capitalism simply aren't doing enough to care for our world. And that's exactly what we are what we're trying to do. We're trying to connect the way in which we do business in the way in which we provide positive impact to the world. Our purpose has been defined as powering an inclusive future for all, which means that the way in which we are leveraging our technology and inspire our people is going to make a sustainable positive impact in the world and on our planet. Particularly we're going to launch a new organization within our people, policy, and purpose officer that is going to be uh, focused on purpose, strategy, and innovation, and my team will be part of it. The target is to create new model to do business in addition to the, the traditional one that we have, based on a very specific idea or pro project that is going to impact the world, strongly connected with the local social tissue of the territory that we're going to impact, whether it's going to be a city, a region, a country, uh, that are based on a wider leverage of our ecosystem and also making sure that we are enlarging our ecosystem with new partners, strongly connected with the local communities to create 
business opportunity for the short term, impact for the short term, but also longer term change. A fundamental element is going to be how this purpose is going to be enabled and driven by the local community and our people community. What I was wondering, and, and there have been times in the past, you, you'll recognize them, where organizations have had quite bold visions, missions, but somewhat tangential to the main business. So it's it's been niche within the side of the business rather than the core of the business. To what extent is this going to actually affect, infect Cisco? To a great extent. We are defining metrics, business metrics, related to the way in which our purpose-led initiatives and projects are actually impacting our business and the world and the people that, that are around us. For example, we just published our first uh, purpose report. We moved from the CSR environment that too often was concentrated into telling just what good things we are doing into a purpose report that is really sharing how the purpose of our organization is turned into the way we do business and into the way we measure the impact. And so the idea is connecting metrics with initiatives and initiatives with the culture that we have in our company. So... Let's, I love this idea of the local, the, the social, the impact on the planet. If you, and, it's, and I know it's only early days because I think your chief purpose officer and people officer policy has been enrolled for a year or two. So um, what would be an example of a way that Cisco would be enacting this purpose within a locality? What, you know, if, even if you had a magic wand, what would that... What would that a sort of dream scenario? Maybe you've had one already. Yeah, we just and and you can it's interesting. You can find some information on the internet as well. It's called Veni Where Where Like Where Where You Are, and the idea has been to connect with our local ecosystem in Venice to help the city to turn from the current extreme touristic location into a real working cities. What happened throughout the years is that um, the residential population of Venice continued to diminish in favor of Airbnb or local uh, renting uh, apartment. Mm. And so people have been perceiving the city as a museum. And we're helping um, local organization and the University uh, of Venice to turn this uh, trend into remaking the city, the center of the economic and, and, and vibrant innovative life that uh, it was in the past. How? Leveraging the people that can work from anywhere. Hence, Veni Where. What we did there, we um, partnered with local organizations, with local institutions, with our partners, other companies, other um, enterprises, to reuse the places and inject a new way of thinking about uh, the future of work. We also sent 16 of our people to work and live in Venice for three months, really to live and breathe and test this, this scenario. So the idea is every time you are leading a purpose-led initiative or a purpose-led business, fundamental element is, the, is your capability of experimenting. 
at the end of the day, you are creating a lab connected with the, with the, social, with the social activities there. And through this lab, you not only experiment new models, but you are also providing, providing impact. So anywhere, it could be a major, uh, major example. And I, I, I love that it, it also taps into something that I thought was one of the more, I don't know if it's purposeful uh, um, effects of the pandemic, but it's one of the consequences of the pandemic is that there's been a relocalization of work. And we see it around where, where I live in the Cotswolds in, in, uh, in England. You, you see people who are now living and working here in a way that they weren't previously. Consequently, that's bringing money into the local economy, helping uh, support local businesses. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, that's really, really terrific. The other thing that you've talked about is a focus more on teams than individuals. Now, during my management career, it's been almost like an obsession with individual performance, individual ratings, but but this focus on teams. So what where, what's that about? Yeah, that that that's very really interesting. We did five five years ago around. We did a major transition in in HR, right, in human resources. Like you said, we we traditionally focused on the two uh, sides of the pendulum: the individual and everyone, guidelines, rules, etc. But the reality is that performance, engagement, well-being are all happening in teams, right? I join a company, I leave a manager and a team because that team wasn't able to provide me the right environment. Culture is built through teams. So we did a couple of major changes that I would like to, to call out. One is from an HR perspective, we moved from few, uh, few data points that are extremely important from an interpretation perspective, my yearly um, performance review, right? Very impactful, once a year, one data point. To multiple data points, each of them having low interpretation power, but the trend of it, the integral of it is going to define what we, we need to, we can act upon. The second element was adding intelligence to metrics. Typically, like you said, as a manager, you had metrics to manage the level below and so forth, right? We added intelligence that is actually the level of information and knowledge that each layer needs to manage itself the, the better, right, and the best way. And so, for example, we started providing intelligence to teams to allow them to really take the best decision with the local and, and um, specific information that they have. So that's the, the fundamental shift. The other point that I wanted to pick up on is I know that you've hired an evolutionary biologist. So, I mean, obviously, we're um, very interested in the idea of organizations as living systems. Um, an evolutionary biologist, in order to learn from animals, from nature and apply that, why did you do that? And, and has it produced some tangible help for you so far yeah so first of all i, I was so, so intrigued a couple of years ago when i find out about the nature of work you know all major consulting company had just the statement organization are now living being period they just look at the very high level uh, metaphor or analogy if you want 
We wanted to go deeper. We wanted to understand what we can really learn from biology, from, from living beings, specifically because connecting to what we said before, if you believe that your organization is composed by teams, your organization becomes a network of teams. And so we wanted to understand what we could learn from leaving networks on how to design our own networks. And so we started, for example, with a, with a very high level evolutionary principle, for example, mutation, right? How we can induce or enforce randomness in teams to have the team mutate through the intelligence that they have. We thought about hybridization or recombination, the way in which we crossed certain uh, department and created connection. We thought about migration as well in terms of, of uh, you know, changing teams and, and, moving, uh, and moving talent around. Specifically, a couple of examples I love, for example, we did some analysis on the slime molds to understand how those superorganisms are actually collaborating. And so we saw that there are specific selection rules, that there is a specific uh, intelligence in the further nodes of the network that we can, that we can leverage, redundancy of, of this information. Also from ants and bees, the idea of having modular teams because they are, they're always working in triads. And so what, what can we do with the three people teams and how this kind of teams are impacting the way in which, in which we do business? Last one, which is interesting, is coming from cellular networks, right? The nested intelligence in which each layer is delivering a cascade of interaction and information you know, genes to proteins, to metabolic network, to intercellular networks. From an organizational perspective, individuals, triads, teams, a team of teams, yeah. and organization as a network of networks. And, and, and what's wonderful, and, and I've found this, and I'm sure you have, is that once you start to understand nature and learn more about nature, it's so interesting. Because I wasn't schooled in all of this, and, and you start to learn things about the extraordinary power. And of course... That's a system that's been around for millennia, millions of years. And consequently, there's so much information in there. Why has Cisco taken such, I think, radical, systemic, deep-lying changes? Why has it made these changes at this time? Well, it, it's, a, it's a mix of, uh, of elements. So first of all, when, if not now? You know, we we started before the pandemic with an, an ever-changing environment. Then the changes were exploded into really uh, exponential speed. Then after the pandemic, we're trying to understand, we were just trying to understand how to recover from that. And then we are into this major geo-financial economical um, situation. So the best way for an organization to react is to be proactive. And the other question related to purpose is asking ourselves, what can we do for the world? At the end of the day, the, the, the purpose question is, why are we here for? What do we want to do? And, and this connected with our conscious culture that we, that we launched a few years ago. And, and so conscious culture, purpose, network of teams, and then, of course, um, understanding how trying to learn from the organizations and the network that have been here 
for millions of years was the was the final was the final approach if you want thank you so much Gianpaolo wonderful to talk to you could go on for ages thank you so much a pleasure thank you So to reflect on what Gianpaolo and I talked about, I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by two expert commentators, Danielle O'Hare, who's in charge of learning at Lucasfilm and Disney Studios, and Caroline von Koenig, who looks after well-being at Fidelity International. Great. So it's um, it's lovely to be here with you both today. Um, and um, so, Danielle, um, what are your main reflections on what Gianpaolo was was talking to me about? Yeah, thank you, Paul. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I, I, I think specifically, I love this idea of aligning a business strategy to what employees really care about, what employees have been talking about forever, which is purpose, right? Like how, you know, people feel that individually. So I really love that idea that a company is sort of taking that on and really embracing that as a, as a company mission. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I thought it was interesting that they talked about this transition, that it actually, even though, of course, the pandemic really influenced this transition, that they had started prior, five years ago, he said, they had started um, thinking about shifting from the individual, this idea from an individual to team. But then it seemed like the pandemic in some ways sort of accelerated this shift, the the, the sort of need for really feeling about um, having purpose and being really connected to your team. Um, Yeah, the pandemic really sort of moved that forward. And the last thing I thought about was just this idea of network. He talked a lot about really looking to the natural world and being inspired and influenced by the way that networks form and behave in the natural world. And, you know, how how can we really use that as a model for how we think about our teams and the networks of our teams within the business world? So, Caroline, there's an awful lot of talk, as Danielle mentioned, about purpose in the interview. I I mean, why do you feel that purpose... Um, is getting what I would call a kind of new wave of attention at the moment? I think there's two main reasons. One of them is a little bit of a hangover from pandemic. Um, People were free of distractions and really had time to think of what really matters to them. So purpose has really been on the forefront of their mind, their own individual purpose, but then automatically also in their career. What does really matter to them there? And I think the other second reason um, is really because there's such a strong business case. So I quote some of the Harvard Business Review data and what they say, if there's a company that has a very clearly articulated purpose, um, that actually 52% of those sort of purpose-driven companies experience 10% growth compared to 42% of non-purpose-driven companies. So I think it's that combination of the individual factor and really wanting to work for someone that knows what their purpose is, where you know the impact that you're having and having reevaluated, but also the business is really realizing having a strong purpose and articulating that is what they need um, to drive a business growth. Mm. And, and at, at Fidelity, is, is purpose becoming more important in, in your organization, would you say? And if so, kind of in what ways? 
Absolutely. I think it's always been quite important for us. So our purpose is working together to build better financial futures. Um, and we have sort of two core values about integrity and trust. And they're underpinned by four action-orientated behaviours. So being bold, being brave, being curious and compassionate. But we realise we really need to bring a way to bring that to our employees as well. Um, so we recently launched our employee value proposition, Feel Fidelity, to reflect about what does it really mean to work for fidelity, to feel part of fidelity. Um, so it's about feeling curious about your career, feeling valued as an individual, feeling part of the progress we're making together, and be proud of the impact that you make. Um, so we're really communicating that more with our employees and reflecting what does it really mean to feel like um, to work at fidelity. So yes, absolutely. Hmm. And and Danielle, I mean, when I think of Lucasfilm and um, ILM, Disney, I mean, obviously sort of purpose is is more overtly obvious when I, you know, in in your organisations, but has a deeper sense of purpose started to come about inside your organisation as well at Lucasfilm? And and, and, and how does that, how's that that manifested itself, would you say? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, hearing Caroline speak, I think there are a lot of similar themes and this whole idea, you know, from an employee's perspective, it's about bringing your whole self to work um, so that you are, uh, you know, you're, you're there, you're sharing, uh, you're, you're sharing everything about yourself. You're feeling you're like you're in a safe and trusted environment. And of course that sets you up to do your best work. So from that perspective, you know, there's a, there's a real emphasis on it from an employee um, perspective, but then we think about, you know, how purpose shows up just in the work that we do. And of course, in, in my world, in the entertainment industry, we're all about telling, you know, stories that are going to open people's minds or inspire them to to do something new in their life, to take on a new challenge. And so often we do talk about sort of connecting those two pieces, the broader purpose of, you know, what we're doing as a company and how how do we really connect that back to employees. And I think a lot of that happens through transparency between these, um, you know, sort of the strategy that we've set for our company and sharing that with employees and, and kind of, again, like what Caroline was saying, really getting employees invested in being a part of that, right? Like, you know, the, really helping to make connections between the contributions that you are making on a day-to-day basis and really seeing how that's showing up um, in, the, in, the, in what we end up creating and putting out there into the world. So we have this idea, for example, like, you know, obviously we, we tell stories, that's kind of, that's what we do. But we, we also talk about this fact that everyone in our company has a role to play in, in the storytelling, in the stories that we, that, we, that we make, so that it doesn't matter what role you have. You might work in finance, you might work in legal, you might be a writer, um, you might be a designer. All those roles need to come together um, in order to create what ultimately ends up um, on the screen. So that's, that's one way of we're sort of connecting your personal purpose to this broader company purpose. So, so Caroline... The other thing that that Gianpaolo spoke about was this shift from a kind of fixation or focus on the individual to a a focus and attention on the team. And in your role in terms of well-being, health, mindfulness inside organizations, do you think this this shift from the individual to the team can help with that subject of, of, of well-being? 
Absolutely. I all sort of say well-being is a team sport um, right. because you are a part of a wider team. But again, if you want to back that up by some studies, McKinsey did a very interesting survey in April 2022, and they surveyed about 15,000 employees and 1,000 HR decision makers in over 15 countries. And what they actually sort of, to, to really look at the disconnect between employers' efforts and the rising employee mental health and well-being challenges. And what really came out that the biggest impact for predicting burnout symptoms are very much when there is a toxic workplace culture. And for me, the opposite of a toxic workplace culture is very much a psychological safe workplace environment. And that's only something you can create as a team that takes several individuals to create that. So I think very often um, when we're trying to solve the well-being challenges at the workplace, we're responding to symptoms or we're offering resilience building programs or mindfulness you just mentioned there. But it's actually about so much more. It's about sort of manager training and really what can we do to create that psychological safe environment. So as Danielle, what you said, so everyone does feel like they can bring their whole selves to work and don't have to wear a mask. Um, So I think that's very much um, aligned and very, very important. That's great. And Danielle, just to kind of end. So is there a way that that this sort of reimagined, rewilded story has been brought into more of a story within um, Lucasfilm. Uh, Have you applied your wonderful story-making and storytelling techniques to this? And if so, how? Oh, wow. Well, I love this idea, as I talked in the, the beginning about networks, this and, and really looking to, you know, for, to um, the natural world, world for inspiration there. I do think there is, you know, we're talking about teams. And I, and I do think something really interesting has happened through um, this sort of working for home moment where, you know, even the concept of team has sort of shifted in a lot of ways, it's kind of blown up in some ways, right? Because it used to be very clear and specific. It's like you'd go into an office and you'd work with the people you worked with. All of a sudden, everyone's on a screen. And, you're, and you know, in my case, I'm sure in Caroline's as well, we're working with teams all over the world. Um, and even just how those teams are shaped and formed would feel really different now because there's sort of a, obviously we know that kind of many things have been neutralized because we're all sort of on screens and working together in really different ways. But when I think to, um, you know, how, how we've been inspired by, by this, this idea of rewilding, I mean, certainly this idea that, um, Giampaolo talked about with um, that, you know, these modular teams of three. And I, I actually, that was a really interesting concept to me. So we've certainly been thinking about how teams are working differently now, but I really like that idea of thinking about, you know, the, the really kind of key team of three and everyone playing a really specific and important role and how when you bring all three together you, you can do amazing things that's a really interesting idea that I'd actually like to explore more yeah I th- and then just sort of thinking that I, I sort of think that in often in stories and myths there's often a like a group of three threes you know it's like two people they're in with each other three adds another interesting yeah the three musketeers Thank you so much for, for, for coming into the studio, Danielle and Caroline. It's been an absolute pleasure and I could go on, but won't. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. I love that. We've been banging on about purpose for 40 years or more. And it's a word that has been thrown back at companies to show the mismatch between what they say their purpose is and what actually happens in reality. So here are my three C's to plant based on what we heard today from Jean Paolo and our expert pundits. Number one, you can't fake purpose. 
You never could, actually. But today, if you really dive deeper into purpose in your organization, you can flip the switch and harness the true power of purpose. It's more like when a person finds their true purpose, what in Indian yogic language is called your dharma, as in your path, things just fall into alignment. Getting that at a company level is a way of harnessing energy, dynamism and understanding. Patagonia, the clothing company, has that. And now its CEO is giving away the ownership of the company to the planet in effect. Time to get real and deep about your true purpose in work. Number two, the era of the separate individual is drawing to a close and the era of the connected team is here. No individual can achieve much alone, or if they can, they do so with one hand tied behind their back. So we are all connected and we achieve most via groups and teams. And the third seed to plant is that nature as a teacher has intelligence and that is freely available to any organization to draw on and learn from. We are nature. So the patterns in nature are essential to understand and embed. Doing this ought to be much easier and certainly much more natural than applying a mechanistic approach. Do subscribe and like right here so you get alerted to each new episode of Rewilding Work and see you next time.